0: Hello? Hello? hello, 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 hello. Hello, you're listening to Band of Mothers. Thanks. That means you're either a mother yourself or you're just in the mood to hear all about one. My name is Josie and I chat to one mother each episode because I am nosy and I want to know how other women are living their lives and ask them awkward questions about juggling children and work and me time and all that stuff and how they do it. Like all those questions you kind of just want to ask someone at the school gate just to work out who they are. But you kind of can't because it's a bit too on the nose. So this week, it's the turn of Anne. Three things you might be able to tell from listening to me talk to Anne. Number one, she's a very good friend of mine. Uh, She's the kind of friend who always remembers the little things that you mention to them and then texts you about them in a thoughtful way at just the right moment. You know, that kind of friend. Number two, she has a filthy sense of humour. And she isn't squeamish about talking about bodily functions, which I love. But my husband, when he overhears them, feels very uncomfortable. And then that makes me love it even more. Uh, Number three, she knows everyone. She's like a local celebrity slash mafia personality. And she remembers all their names, which I personally find really freaky. Because I have a terrible memory for names. But she also remembers the names of their family members. And their hairdressers. And maybe even more amazingly, she remembers all the names of all their children. Who does that? One thing you won't be able to tell from listening is lately, she's really put the cat among the pigeons amongst our group of friends by asking whether you sleep in pants. This has turned into the new scone-scone debate locally. Oh, yeah, it's kicking off. I am not telling you what either of us do between the sheets. That's private. But please do think about it at a different point or just ask your mate do you do that? What do you do? It's a real divider of people. Anyway, enjoy. La 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 la-tee-ta la la ta ta thank you very much for being on my podcast you're welcome Josie. it's always a pleasure to talk to you <laughs> uh, i'm going to kick off immediately with uh, out of 10 how is your work child balance right now okay generally in life
1: i would say I'm probably at a 6 okay good that's are you happy with that i think a very wise woman once said to me um you're if you go back to work, you'll never be able to do both jobs properly, either job properly. Yeah. And um, I think I probably feel like I'm not doing either job properly, but yeah. I'm trying really, really hard. So, mm-hmm. so that's where I, why I think I'm at a six. I can relate to that. That fu- that feeling of like, I'm trying
0: so hard. Does that weigh on you? It's like, Are you always aware that like, oh my God, I'm putting so much
1: effort into this. What weighs on me the most is how much... Work then makes me not focus on my children enough. Right, does that make sense? If you have any guilt, freak out. It's towards your children. The guilt is always towards the children, never towards the work. Why is that? Um, I think because I made a very clear choice um, to be a stay-at-home mum and mm-hmm. I would still refer to myself as a stay-at-home mum. Good, yeah. Another incredibly wise woman said to me about a year ago, these... when are you going to stop telling people you are a stay-at-home mum because you're not mm. anymore? Who was that? Katie Who were all these wise women? First one, Jane Hopkins and the second one, Katie McKay. Can you quote me at some point? I will do. Um, and Katie pointed out to me, why do you still tell people you're a stay-at-home mum because you're not, you're running a business. Right. But I actually see that business more as a hobby and a way of being out there in the community nice and And keeping your sanity and a way of having something that my children can do with me and something that i'm trained to do good so my guilt is always about the children and the impact that it's having on them and that perhaps that hobby or that business is taking up so much of my headspace that i then become intolerant of my children Mm -hmm. which is a horrible feeling oh yeah um the Let's say, what is your it's a job? Bit like a therapy therapist session, isn't it? Do you it? know what?
0: Someone came away. From, I won't say cried? who, but somebody came away and was like, somebody who has a therapist and was like, that was a really great session. <laughs> it's like, brilliant, I have zero qualifications. It's probably quite dangerous for me to just ask really probing questions without any, you know, qualifications whatsoever.
1: Um, what is your job? You should explain, please. So I run... Uh, children's and nought to fives music and movement class uh, in the local area. And it's called Join in and Jiggle. It is that. And it was that. advised by a very wise woman who gave me the name. There <laughs> well, you go, there's your plan. She's out of me though. Um, so
0: I think it's really shrewd to actually when you start doing something like this, which is... A passion project, so I think, is a good. I think so. It's nice to describe it as a hobby rather than a job
1: because then you don't have the financial, like, burden of
0: oh god, I've got to earn this money. I've
1: and got when to make I it. first started out, that was very much the case. It yeah. was. I'm doing it because me and my friends haven't really got anything to do on a Wednesday morning. Mm. Hang on a second. There's a few of us. Let's find a place to do it. Mm. We're let's all over my, Twinkle Twinkle. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. use what I've learned as a teacher mm-hmm. and as a mum and let's put it into practice and right at the very start it was very much didn't matter a bit of fun a bit of cash in the pocket that pays yeah. for play groups yeah it's a bit of a different beast now so at what point do you think like if,
0: if you'd have said to you three years ago hey you're going to be here in three years mm-hmm. how do you think you'd feel
1: i don't know if i'd have done it really i think really it is exhausting it's Because it's not just the 45 minutes singing and dancing for sometimes 30 people, which in Mm. itself is physically exhausting, Mm. but it's also the rest of the stuff that goes with it and I'm one of those people who comes across as very confident and loud, Mm. um, whereas if you know me as you do, I'm Mm. not that person and a lot of it's bravado and a lot of it masks massive insecurities and you know having to if you get a little bit of bad feedback on a session that's just not something I can just wash over me that's Mm -mm. and that's what I was probably not ready for or if you get you know we were just talking earlier about the horrendousness of of social media and you you put something up and if you don't get 10 likes by the end of the day it has a psychological impact on you and I think sound almost like a famous person don't I that's like if I'd have known what the media was going to do to me but actually I can find you know and if if I don't if I've not had the opportunity to check my social media sites to see how my things are going and it's because my children want me so much then I get frustrated with the children and so perhaps if I'd have known all that back then I I don't know. Maybe I would have done it. I don't know. Okay. I think I mean I think we talk at the minute in I've just I'm just expanding the business or the hobby and no, it's business then. I'm in a bit of an unknown period with it at the moment. And mm-hmm. the safe thing to do would just be to stick at my three sessions. I can you know, they run themselves. But I've not, I've chosen to do it. My husband said don't do it, I've done it. Yeah. If it has an impact on me as a parent It's on my head, be it, because I've chosen to do this. Your husband said, don't expand. Yes. At this point in our lives, he didn't think it was the right time to do it. Oh my gosh. But then that is the part of your very nature. So I think, I think if you'd have asked me three years ago, I think emotionally I would have probably not done it, but I love it and I'm very proud of it and I love what it brings to the community. So that was the first time you said anything positive about running these classes yeah and I'm not very positive about love running it. the classes I think I'm quite embarrassed about it to a degree because Why? it because it just I don't know because it's for kids no I don't think it's because it's for kids because I think they're the most important people Is they're like the foundations English? of us yeah. all okay um I think it's because I almost feel like I'm winning it do you have imposter syndrome Yes, I think I probably do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I go to other people's classes and I think, yeah, I get yeah, I get why they're doing that. And mm. I just don't feel like... I find that so strange. You're
0: so qualified and you've applied all your expertise and experience in teaching and tr- all your training. Mm. I find it, it... I find it's almost proof that women who go back to doing anything after having had children pretty much universally have imposter syndrome because they've gone back to this weird i mean you have a, you go to a really weird stage don't you when you have babies mm-hmm. and you just snuggle down and you go back to your rawest most vulnerable form mm-hmm. you feel like useless other than performing real basic bodily functions and keeping someone alive and then you have this overwhelming feeling of, oh my God, I can't go and do that. I'm this person who stays inside. But then in and... some
1: ways, I almost feel like I've cheated my children. Because when I think about that, I started this when my youngest was four months old. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like I should have been hunkering down then. That's what I should have been doing. But by the I I time have...
0: you're on your third, mm-hmm. you're over the hunkering, aren't you? And I
1: kind of feel like, has he... Should I have just hunkered down? Did I do the right what thing? What would be different? Do you
0: think his personality would be different if you'd have just not been running classes once a week? Like, what do you actually think he would have gained? I just gained? think that, I
1: don't know that he'd have gained anything, but I think my guilt would have been less. But why? Don't you think you're always going to find something to feel guilty yeah, about? Possibly, yeah. Because you yeah. love it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so, you've got three children, by the way. We should just, get, three children. let's get the facts out there. have got a six-year-old, there. a four-year-old, and a... Nearly three-year-old. And childcare-wise, you don't have to have anyone
1: outside you because you've made the hours work for you. Yeah, apart from my brilliant network of friends who I need to be able to rely on because, no, my family are not around. Well, my brother is around, actually, but he works full-time. Because they're north, right? Not because they're not around because they've passed. No, they're north. They are in the Midlands, but they are... And they are incredible. They are absolutely incredible. And if I need anything, we'll come down. Um... And my brother is fantastic, but um, he's just had twins and, um, you know, it's his turn a little bit now. So yeah. pretty much over the last, you know, six years, my husband and I have done it on our, our own. What I have done is I've got, um, and it feels really strange to when you're here, because obviously you're part of that. I oh. feel like there's a group of us that we all met when our children were when little, two, yeah. three, our, our oldest and I feel like they're my family. And that's where I feel quite emotional. But um Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't. Oh, look, someone has cried. Because I think it's so important. It that is. You know, it's quite often I'll hashtag it takes a village. And that's really how I feel. You know, when my mum was bringing up her children in the yeah. Midlands. Yeah. She had all her brothers and sisters around her, all her sister-in-laws. And we mm. don't have that down here. And actually in London, it's... It can be really lonely as a mum oh and my we're gosh. so lucky that we live yeah. in this area and we found this group of half a dozen of us yeah. who just really support each other. Do you find I I feel like it must be
0: quite rare in London, but I think that's because with my first two, I was in, I was really lonely. I found mm. it a very lonely experience having a baby. Mm. And yeah, you're right. My family were north. I didn't really have any friends who were going through the same thing as me. My NCT group were all lovely, but they
1: weren't the same type of person as yeah. me. you but just you you your NCT is about having just people. It, yeah, you, you basically you pay for a group of friends, but you're not necessarily yeah. going to get on with those. And I think the mums that you meet at playgroups, mm. you know, we met at playgroup, or um, you know, like you met some of the girls at baby yoga or wherever. Those. Yeah, yeah. That's that, and, and you they're the people that you then will choose to hang out with because you've got more affiliation to them. And I think yeah. that. Doing something you've chosen to do rather than someone you've paid to yeah. be.
0: And this is one of the things that, that makes, makes me, me most friends. proud about
1: Jiggle, that I mm. see people making friends there because yep. it can be lonely. And one of the things that I love is when I see mum saying to have a coffee after, not because it's money in a pub's till, mm. but because it's just so lovely to think we're all in this together. And the amount of times, you know, I've just gone through a horrendous seven weeks with my middle child really not being happy to be left in reception and cried every day. And it was heartbreaking. And some days I would get to jiggle and think, I do not know how I'm going to do this. Mm. And instead of kind of fighting it, I said it to everybody and it almost felt therapeutic. The fact that I was with this group of mums that just got it.
0: There's something really strong about being able to admit that you're vulnerable. I think a
1: lot of mums don't, a friend of
0: mine had postnatal depression And um, she was talking to me about it afterwards, and she was saying, I just felt like everyone knew what they were doing. Mm. And she clearly just wasn't around people who were being honest about, nobody knows what they're doing. They just all talk like they do, just to try and
1: keep some semblance of sanity and belief that, no, 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 I can can do it. And actually, a a good friend of mine at the moment is, um, she works, you know, four days a week, Mm. and then she's off on the fifth day and feels like her kids are out of control. And actually, I said to her, if you were to be in my world, doing yeah. drop-off twice a day, four times a day sometimes, being at playgroups, seeing what I see, you would see that your life is just completely normal. Mm. But because you're at work and you're away from it, you're thinking that no one else is suffering with this. And actually, we all are. Yeah. And if you're around those people every day, you mm. see that we have all got the same issues. And I think it's really interesting to use two terms of phrase there, out of control and
0: suffering. And it's like, have we got this idea that everything should be... It's like when we went to the induction for uh, reception, they said it's a journey, it's not a destination. And this was talking about learning to read Mm -hmm. um, and that you should enjoy the journey. Like a journey's got ups and downs. Mm -hmm. It's really, you know, it is out of control and you don't want it to be controlled. Imagine if we had these children who were like automatons just going through it.
1: And actually really interesting, I was just listening to the radio and... Claudia Winkleman said. Claudia. Love Claudia Winkleman. Mm, mm, mm. Um, she did her karaoke bit with Rylan. I don't know if you oh. heard it. And then she said, you've got to have a dip. You've got yeah. to have a dip. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. then it can only get better. Yeah. And actually, she then said, isn't that the same in life? You've got to have a dip. And I, I feel like... Have a, a dip in the She was talking about a dip in the karaoke in the 24 hours. <laughs> but it's the same with life, isn't it? Right? Yeah. And yeah. that's what she was trying to say. You have to have a dip in everything. Mm. And as I was driving along, I was thinking about Jiggle. And I was thinking... You know, it takes me a year to establish venue. And within that year, there's normally a dip. Yeah. And actually, in parenthood, there is always a dip. Mm-hmm. And you've got to have those dips so that you can recognise the children non-dips. So the joy at the other end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. Totally off track, aren't we? No,
0: it's, no, <laughs> because we're talking about parenting and that it's hard. And that is the whole point. Um, do your, what do your
1: children think of your job, do you think? Well, my... There was a
0: wry smile there, by the way. My,
1: my middle one came with me every week for two years, which is one of the reasons we did it, our middle children. Mm. Um, yep, yep. That We're was now one of the reasons we did it. Getting married.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Who well, are very much in love. <laughs> but, um, so she loves it, and most days we'll come home and sing a song and then say, oh, mommy, you could do that at Jiggle, and it's oh. bonkers. But...
0: So really she's hard.
1: made up. Yeah, she'll just Great. make a song about dinosaurs or whatever. And I feel terrible that I've never used one. But um, no, I mean don't. She um <laughs> it's a professional awkward. One day, one day she'll be fine. But um, she very much loves it, you know.
0: I mean, you do know literally everybody in our area. <laughs> Let's not mess around. It's really awkward walking along with you. And it's like, ah oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you remember everyone's name, which I find freaky because I do not have that skill.
1: But I think, I was just thinking again about another mum about four weeks ago and after a session, she's just had her second child mm. what and baby. she came and she bought the toddler and at the end of the session she burst into tears. <gasps> I went and put my arms around this mum and... And how come she up... was
0: crying was she just exhausted
1: she was crying because she's yeah her, her little one was t- is tiny still and the big one was driving her bonkers mm-hmm. and she needed to get out the house and she needed somewhere that she could trust mm. and she came and she held it all together and then she just lost it at the end of the session and then we just sat for 20 minutes just chatting and one of the new mums which was so lovely just got involved and and when I left, I thought, that's it. That's why I do it. That's why I do this. Boom. Not only is it about seeing the kids develop, it's about the mums being able to come and feel like they can trust me enough and know that I'm not nailing it as a parent mm. to go, this is really bloody hard. Um, and then yep. that night she sent me a message and, you know, I then emailed her back saying, look, I had to pull my car over in Ballam the other day because I was sobbing so hard and a stranger came out the car and... To, spoke I to remember. my children you know and, and I think until we're really open and honest about these things yeah. people are going to keep struggling with mm. trying to be the perfect parent and there is no perfect parent no, you know no. and I am so far from it and that's one of the things that I want people to, to know about when they come to join in and jiggle that I don't sing in an operatic voice <clears throat> I sometimes forget the words I sometimes say the wrong thing mm-hmm. and actually I find Bounce being a parent really hard but I love it, and I wouldn't have it any other way, and Mm. that's what I'm trying to achieve with my job and my role as a mum. And there it is. There it is. Nailed it. Stop recording. Except I'm not going to. I've got
0: questions about your children. What type of adults do you hope they'll be?
1: I hope they'll be brave, and I hope they'll be kind. Mm. Um, That's a good first one, brave. yeah. Yeah, I don't ever think of that. Because I think... My husband and I are both incredibly anxious people, and our children, especially the first two, are proving to be the same. So you mean brave, like resilient, emotionally resilient? Yeah, and just right. just, just generally brave, but they're going to have to be brave, because, you know, life's tough. And I think the world's getting a bit scary. It's getting really scary, and...
0: I wonder if all parents throughout history have always thought oh, this is, life's a bit harder now, like, invent, motor cars have been invented, they might get run over, or, you know, like... But
1: brave to be able to, like, take the leap, I suppose, like, I've done a little bit here, or, yeah. you know, be brave to have three children, or be brave to move to London when I'm from a little hamlet in the mm-hmm. Midlands, you know, and I, I just, I want that to be in their soul. I obviously want them to be successful, but I, I've always said to them, that's not the be-all and end-all for me, I don't... What do you see as success? Because I had a chat with my husband about
0: this the other day and his vision of success is so weird to me and we've never talked about it before. Mm. What do you think success is?
1: I think success is doing something that excites you and makes you happy and having people around you that you've chosen and that you love to share that kind of journey with you. Nice. Um... I don't think it's about making the most money. You know that Mm-mm-mm. my husband and I are never going to make a lot of money. Mm. I'm from a family that we've never necessarily struggled, but we've not certainly weren't incredibly rich. And actually, we're really, really thankful for everything that we have. And we work mm. really hard for everything that we have. So good work ethic. Yeah. And yep. I think that's, that's what I want my children to have. And if, okay. and if they can be brave and happy in themselves... I do worry that they're all going to to be marred by the same anxiety that Dave and I have.
0: What do you do to uh, to counter
1: that? Then you you model trying to. Uh, I don't think we're doing that. a very good job of it at the moment. We're still learning about how to how to model it um, and how to help them. It, you know, as mm-hmm. everybody knows, any kind of mental health issue, any anxiety Mm. there's not an answer it's really tricky and as a family that's something we're working towards especially with my oldest a lot at the moment right um that's my biggest concern
0: so do you have particular triggers that you know you need to in terms of anxiety that you know you need to dodge or with
1: myself or with my children both no I don't think you do maybe maybe I don't I I've suffered with my nerves since since I was quite young and Mm. um actually did have a spate in my mid-twenties when um you know i i had an emotional breakdown and had to leave my job and have some time off work right what triggered that do you think (sighs) that was there's a right smile there is a right smile there's a (laughs) right smile because i (laughs) because as I'm talking through it, I can see, yes, there are clear triggers. Oh, right. Um, So so, so my life before a teacher, so before I was a teacher, I used to run Gap stores. So the clothing company Gap. Yeah, yeah. And um, other clothing stores are available. Other clothing stores are, um, and less expensive. I, um, it wasn't something I set out to do. I worked for them part time as a student and then um, was asked if I wanted to do the management training course. Yeah and progressed and and it all happened very quickly mm-hmm. and because um, your work ethic obviously just, because of my work ethic yeah. and that was my right smile because right. i always want to whenever i take something on to be the best i can be mm-hmm. and to, to, to achieve as much as i can achieve right. which, is, which is great but it can also be quite debilitating with your yeah everything anxiety. right okay yeah um, so i was working all the hours god sends in a multi-million, I was running a multi-million-pound company in an incredibly tricky part of London. Wait, were you managing a store or the company? Because you just got
0: amazing. Sorry, promotion a
1: <laughs> store, store, store. I've so, got a little glimpse so, yeah. of the ambition. So it was a store. It was a Camden yeah. store. So the, and um, not only did I have kind of the, the money to manage, but I also had. Quite a lot of really tricky experiences with... People. People. And... um, nicely put. So life was just... I think... I don't think I run before I can walk. I think I run as soon as I can walk. Right, okay. Is there anything
0: in your life where you just rest on your laurels for a bit? No. Literally nothing? No. Okay, great. How's that? Not great. Let me ask you. Go on. Every part of your life you're giving 100%, which part... Would you just like to dial down? You've got to choose one.
1: Oh, I can't because that's, is that's the issue.
0: Okay. Because that's
1: the issue. So how have I managed that? Well, mm. I've managed it in surrounding myself with people I can talk to, when right. I can feel. Yeah. And actually, that's one of the really tricky things, isn't it? About admitting that's the that you're thing struggling. You it's the same yeah. with, I. I believe, I'm told... If you struggle with alcohol, admitting mm, it, that's, mm. you know, the first thing. I suppose it's the same with a drug addiction. And actually, just to stand there and say, I'm really struggling, and I feel really black, and I don't want to get out of bed this morning, mm. and, you know, life's really tough. Um, but you are good at that now, and I don't mean this in a, in a bad way. You are good at starting the
0: session going... Oh my God, like being a mum's hard. Let's sing some songs and Jesus, let's just get through this. But I think together also it's made me quite fun. picky
1: on my friendships as well right. because I, I I find social media absolutely addles my mind. Yeah. If I didn't run the business, I would choose not to be on social media yeah. because I find that that feeds massively into my anxieties. Mm-hmm. And remember all this stuff that I'm talking about, And then being a mum at the same time. Yeah. And trying to do a good job of that, and if everything I see is amazingness on social media, and I can't live up to that, it mm. makes me feel really, yeah. really low. The idealized lives that
0: you're put so, up against—it's dangerous. Yes, and it's that's just everywhere. It's really being—that's being talked about a lot now, isn't it? And I wonder what's going to happen because everybody's complaining. This isn't good. And you I would know, love
1: for my children not to be on social media. I would love for my—I don't my husband think it, it will be a thing by it. then. So give me a parenting hack. You have one? Oh, I don't know if I have one. Really? No. So what would your parenting hack be? I, lately,
0: we've started doing new fruit of the week. Yes, okay. Okay, just like a little thing you do that's like, huh, that's good. No
1: pressure. I hope you're not failing as a parent. I think I am failing as a parent. (laughs) But this is one of the things I said at the start of Parent Gym. I find it really hard to think about the good things that I'm doing. Um, Tell me something you see other parents doing that baffles you.
0: Not necessarily a good way or a bad way, just different to how you parent.
1: Letting children... Go on. Get away with things.
0: <laughs> we've been talking in... We've been going to parent gym. I mention it. I talk about it a lot, all the time, <laughs> to different people. But they were saying how you should never set a... Um, you should never give an ultimatum and then not deliver. And I see that happening
1: <sighs> all the time. And you think just one time will let it slip? Yeah. No. I see it happening One time is enough. And I just... I think... About two years ago, I heard an au pair say, and I loved it, and I've used it so much since, I'm not scared of a three-year-old. And actually, Mm. the amount of parents I see who are petrified of their children. Oh, my gosh. We were at the South Bank Centre at the
0: weekend, and there was this three-year-old running around, being a a bit of a dick. Being a (laughs) three-year-old. Yeah, three-year-old. And um, the parents were like, okay should we put your coat on now how about and he was like no and they were like okay but we're, we're going on the bus and we'll give you some raisins and yeah and me and will were just like oh god i bet we were that
1: i bet we were those parents with no, our first i don't think you were no I, no i don't think you were and i don't think i was you know when you're taught to be a teacher one of the first things that you're taught is that children thrive with routine and right. children thrive knowing their boundaries right and so, which I, really, I do fundamentally believe. Yeah, yeah. I, I 100% believe it. And yeah. even though I was, I think, in some ways quite feared as a teacher because they knew, like, behaviourally. a fun word, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah. goes. Behaviourally, behaviourally, behaviourally rode the children quite hard. Okay. They also knew that there was a lot of fun that then came with it because mm. if we did get to the end of a lesson or if we had worked really hard, mm. you know, there would then be a game that none of the other teachers would play right. or we had. A behaviour management strategy that none of the other teachers had in the class, kids and the kids love loved
0: it. behavioral or, management strategies. For
1: example, my parallel teacher and I, we had we did three or four trips a year, compared right. to the other teachers who did one. Because
0: you put the boundaries in
1: place, which meant you could control. Which meant them. that we could do them. And, right. and when I was starting to be a teacher, this real old school lecturer, and lots of people didn't agree with it, mm. um, said, "Don't smile until Christmas." so that was his rule as a teacher you don't smile for the first term now that's a bit extreme but ultimately the point was you know Mm. if you spend that first term teaching the children Mm. behavior for learning yeah the rest of your year is going to be delightful and And this is how i feel as a parent i feel like if you teach your children not only behavior for learning but behavior for life right yeah then, then the they can comes. have lots of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, But if we miss it in the younger years, you know, again, lots of people in education think that if you work in the early years, then actually you the get promoted job. to be in years five and six. Yeah. Or people will say, oh, just get them through the early years and then they'll get the better teachers. Mm-hmm. And really the, the amazing inspirational rock-solid teachers should be in the early years to get those foundation stages right and I kind of feel the same about parenting so going back to what your question was which was um parenting. What, what amazes you when you right, see right, other right. parents doing yeah so it's that, when they give in because I just think your life is never going to get any easier no.
0: okay now we're going to do word association are you ready okay tomato pizza phone God, Facebook came to my head. Isn't that depressing? Yeah, depressing. Trolley. Lidl. Good. Other supermarkets are available. But they're not as but they're good not as good. <laughs> Monster truck. Hitting?
1: Why? Because my children always
0: seem to hit each other with monster trucks. There is something very aggressive. Even the name Monster Truck and the inf- the
1: overinflated wheels. I just it's had like, a calm down, I vehicle. I a picture as well of one of our friend's children with a monster truck last <laughs> night, just banging it on the table. Brilliant. Nightmare. Barnaby. oh because he, he has nightmares, nightmares not because he him. is one because he's emotionally yeah. advanced
0: silly sausage great grown up Facebook just, Ugh. Yeah, just oh yeah no that's fine that just, does it ugh. and tea time hell right that we were all enjoyable <laughs> that was fun wasn't it right this is the last section okay. it's called questioning of destiny and I have got 45 random questions. Right. You can choose any three numbers you like, and I will ask you the question. Okay. So you're choosing your own questions. Isn't that okay. fun? It's I'm great. empowering it's you.
1: Absolutely. But I kind of want to say what the other 40... I know, because you, you might mean. choose a really crap one. <laughs> okay, number four. Favourite number. Number four. Name something you talk about doing, but never do. Going to New York with the children. Wow. Gee whiz. are you want to well... When are you gonna do that? I do not know, but it's something we talk about all the time. How interesting. I the the kids are completely desperate to go to New Why? York. Why? Because they've just read so many stories with New York in them. I've talked about Secret going to Life New York when attacks. I was younger. And, right. okay. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's an interesting destination. Yeah. Not particularly child friendly, I would have thought, but there you go. Mm, I don't know. I think I'm it'd sure be there'll be things you could do.
1: Staten Island Ferry, Stats- Central Lips. Park. Uh Questions okay. For names? Um, 40 because I will be 40 next year. Oh no, uh, the big 40. What's the most painful toy you've ever stood on? Oh, Lego, <laughs> of course, it is. I've had <laughs> a knee injury for two years, and we think that might be Lego. <laughs> Was it one of those 4 by 2 bricks? Uh, yeah, just any Lego, Doesn't but matter. the 4 by 2s are and hype, they are designed to be. <laughs> To hurt. Okay. It's everybody's answer. Lego. Uh, no one's ever had that one before, but mine would be Lego. So we've had four. We've had four. And then I need to one. have one that's not in the full times table. So let's have twenty-seven. The best year of my life.
0: Name one characteristic of one of your children that comes straight from you.
1: And you're not allowed to say anxiety or any no, of serious sense. Have that. a fun one. Uh, well, I was going to say. Um, I was going to say aggression. Oh God. Ooh. Can you, not, can you not think of something nice? Stubborn? I mean, that's not positive, is it? No, but do you want a positive one? Well... Okay, Yeah, so, I do, I do. So, okay, it comes from Iris. Good. Her fierceness and her passion and her... It's loads of her she kindness. She's is. my daughter. She's the best. She's... She'll yeah. be my
0: daughter-in-law one day. <laughs> and by the way, did you know their first dance art? She's petitioning for Ballroom Blitz now. Ballroom Blitz.
1: Where has he got that from? From Strictly?
0: Uh, I don't know I mean they're very into glam rock. he needs to be going to I know dance.
1: no boring dancing with Iris and Barnaby oh god could you imagine
0: I know, you know although he's got very slinky hips I'm not sure it worked for a salsa but I mean a waltz he just would have work for a he's waltz he's too slinky for a waltz uh, okay that's the end thanks so much I didn't answer really any interesting. of your questions did I? you did but all the answers were very long
1: so oh, you didn't realise that you did it
0: no it's good sorry uh, was it as terrible as you thought it was going to be? No,
1: but I can't believe I got emotional. I know. I, th- I thought I might. It's such a pussy. There's a lot of stuff going on. No, no. Um, but yeah, no, it's quite therapeutic. goes. I'm first End of
0: the podcast. End of the podcast. End of the podcast. Oh, ooh.